Another episode of Gay Side Stories with Trillificent. It's all LGBT all the time around here. This week I am so, so, I'm always excited about my guests. But this week is very special to me because I have a member of my family. I ha- You know what? Why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Monique. Girl. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Can we get a real introduction and not that kindergarten? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mo. I um, I don't know. Original Glamazon on Twitter. Curtis is my brother in the trill, and um, each town coming. You know, each town coming down all the time. We're in the hood right now. We, you know what we are. Mo lives in the his hood. I want to say it's the gentrified hood. Let's not get you know. Because, you know, Jay told Kia that, and Kia was like, well, I don't see any hood anymore. And I was like, because they are, we got new signs up there. Oh, yeah, they flipping it. Yeah, But they're flipping the whole area. Like, I was was on my way home the other day, and I text Nikki, and I said, bitch, when did they start calling Third Ward the, what what is it called? I don't know. It's on my street signs now. The economy something. Economy district. Yeah, that's what we're called now. I said, first of all, that sounds like a slap in the face. And we have this big blue, these big blue, yeah, the big blue signs. signs. It looks yeah. like like in Sugarland and Stafford right. and stuff. I was like, economy district. Who the hell asked for the third ward? Historic right. third ward. What happened to that? <sighs> anyway, so I'm so happy that you are here. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has been. And I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. All right. So first up is the School of Life segment. And as you guys know, this is just a little something that I like to highlight that I and my guests used or whatever helped us get through the past week. So guests first. Oh, all right. Well, my school in life is is really what I use to get through life, not just every week. But um, two things I like to always use is remaining in the now, being present. And then the second thing is gratitude. I try to focus everything. So, you know, if you remain in the present, then you at least aren't down the road going, why did they say that to me? Think, what are they thinking? And blah, blah, blah. if you just deal with what's in your face at the time. That gets you through stuff. And then if you have gratitude when shit happens that you don't like. Can I say shit? Oh, my God. I don't know. Of course. I don't know what's going on. But um, you well, can frame it in gratitude. You know, if something happens horrible, you always have to see the gratitude into into you to figure out what, what the silver lining is. I think being able to view how that stuff kind of happens, especially during the holidays when people have, you know, it's a real serious deal. But... Think about what you are grateful for. Like, at least you're here. Mm-hmm. If you're not with your family or you're falling out or whatever, maybe you're getting better by yourself, though. At least you're in a happier place oh, okay. or whatever. Well, drag me, man. <laughs> Shit, let me, let me clip my wig on a little bit tighter because you definitely <laughs> coming for my follicles. 
Yeah, but just gratitude, using gratitude to focus. You know, like I got that. Well, you everybody always got us that one relative that be rubbing you wrong at the holidays or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the gratitude might be, well, at least I got to see my grandmother. Right, I might have had right. to deal with her, you know, and I didn't have to cuss her out. That's the gratitude, <laughs> you know. Okay, okay. Um, so my school in life for this week is actually Thanksgiving self care. So I want to start off by saying I hope that everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Hopefully it was a Thanksgiving without mac and cheese with squash and Brussels sprouts and a whole bunch of other bullshit in it. Hopefully you were not accosted with that travesty. Or green bean casserole. Well. I wouldn't wish that on my horse. But I actually had a day of self-care. So I kind of canceled the holidays for myself back in September. Every year, the holidays are are difficult for me, um, and this year, I just said, you know what? I just don't have it. I just, I, I don't have it. I don't feel like being fake with my family. I don't feel like being around a bunch of people that are seemingly not really concerned with me and what I'm going through with life throughout the year, and vice versa. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I am a champion of checking up on because I, I am. I've gotten to the point that I'm very bad with family, mm-hmm. and I can admit that it's coming up on ten years since you know I've had I had the big falling out with my mom and my stepdad, mm-hmm. and so since then I haven't. Family just does not mean the same thing to me, so I've been bad. I, I can admit that, but this year I said, you know, I'm just I just didn't have it mentally. I didn't feel like smiling in nobody's face. I didn't feel like being nice. I didn't feel like driving nowhere. So I stayed at the house. I did literally nothing. I played Sims 4. I watched TV. I saw a whole lot of HGTV specials that I hadn't seen. Um, And I did have a, I had about a two hour combo with Bree that morning. So shout out to Bree. And then my phone was on airplane mode for the majority of the day because I just was like, you don't want to get none of those lovely Thanksgiving texts that people love to send you. I mean, you. they you still like, came in later. But wow, we still sending Thanksgiving texts. <clears throat> I mean, I'm okay with the Thanksgiving text, but the group text. Right. And then it's a whole bunch of numbers in there that I don't. That's. You, y'all need to clean that shit up, all right? I don't want your whole family's number. I don't know them niggas. And more right. importantly, them niggas don't know me. Right. I don't want my number floating in the group chat. Right. Just See, because I feel whose like... Whose number is it? I feel like... Let's be honest. I feel like somebody putting my number in a group chat is the reason why I have all this spam texting me now. <laughs> okay? Hey, that could be. Exactly. Because... It, and let me just pause my school in life real, real quick. <laughs> If anybody knows how to get rid of these motherfucking chain texts, they send all the time talking about Cheryl Easterling at P.O. Box, whatever the fuck. I'm so fucking tired you are of getting really those getting texts. Chain mail texts. They got a P.O. Box. Yeah, it's like an address and it's like a weird link. Oh, I get them all the time, and they come from a different number every time. Yeah, somebody in the group I'm chat like, somebody done you. fucked my shit up. Anyway, back to my school in life. Shout out to Bree. We had a very awesome conversation. I made nachos, because for some reason I had been craving nachos, so I oh, had nachos, and it was glorious. I didn't do shit. I that's sat a holiday. There. That's what holidays are for to me. You know, that's my holiday, so... That was my day of self-care, and again, I hope everybody enjoyed their turkey day. 
Next up, so let's move on to the come quick segment. I'm gonna come, sir. Oh yeah. So staying on the holiday theme, I think this whole show is probably gonna have a little bit of a holiday theme. First up, stuffing versus dressing. So I'm curious what your thoughts are and what's the difference between stuffing and dressing. I think stuffing is something that, like I told you, you can still see that it used to be a breadcrumb or a crouton or whatever it started off as. And I believe, to me, dressing is more like a bread pudding. Right. It's savory, you know, it's like a savory bread pudding. Mm-hmm. It's, and I hate bread puddings, but I love me some dressing yeah, now, so bread pudding I don't is know. Not, but, not um, you know... So to me, I guess that's what a dressing is. When I think of stuffing, I think like frittatas and stuff too, like egg frittatas. They have a lot of they use dried bread crumbs, mm-hmm. but they you still can see that it used to be a bread, right? <laughs> and I yeah. think to me that's the difference. And I don't know, I don't know nobody that stuffs a bird with anything, so I don't oh, know if that's know the original. That. Some people say they think it's regional. They think us Southerners have dressing and the Northerners have. Stuffing. stuffing and the northerners in the north that have dressing have ties to the south like most northerners from right. the great migration right you right. cooking you, you might be from new york eating dressing but it's because your big mama came from mississippi in 1942 <laughs> right, right. So. like y'all weren't always in the damn north. <laughs> right i think i agree for the most part I, I i simplified it a little bit more and i said stuffing is made from bread and dressing is made from cornbread and there are variants of both, mm-hmm. obviously, but I, I've i never seen a dressing that was not some type of cornbread base. Okay. And stuffing is usually, from what I've seen, more bread. Yeah, like it's French a crouton, bread or a dry old whatever. brioche yeah. toasted. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. but so, um, I guess let us know your thoughts. If somebody knows the scientific difference between stuffing and dressing, um... There's no need to mention stovetop because that's neither. I don't know what that is. Stovetop is acquired taste. I have stovetop, but it's not because I like think it tastes like stuffing or dressing. That's what I said. It's <laughs> yeah. neither. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like, I don't know what that is. It's like bread, burger helper. I don't know. Bread burger. <laughs> I don't know. Bread helper. <laughs> bread helper. helper. Yeah, but it's, I don't think it's stuffing or dressing. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, that's a good and cranberry sauce haters, you need not uh, tweet me or anything. That's your cross the bear, not right. mine. Although, have you ever had like fresh cranberry sauce? Yes. It's, it's not that good. And people always be like, I can't believe y'all out here messing with this cranberry jelly. I prefer it. Give me the jelly from I'm the can. I'm going to open up this can of Ocean Spray Jelly Cranberry, and I'm going to cut a very large size of it that might make you uncomfortable. And I'm going to get my and life. And I'm going to get it. My little cousin tried to tried to uh, haze me over that too. He's like twelve. Is that enough cranberry sauce? I was like, Well, your mama cut a whole half a can on her stuff and talked to her. Mm. Get out of my yeah, way. But like real <laughs> quote unquote cranberry. Yeah. Sauce Everybody says with it's better and it's, it's great. Not, I don't prefer it. It's okay. It gets it's not for me. Yeah. My tastes are not. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not. It's just not for me, you know, and that's Some fine. Are, you know, that's fine. I'm not elevated like that. Indeed. Speaking of elevated, <laughs> <laughs> so during my day of self care on Thanksgiving Day, 
I came across a show called Bong Appetit on Viceland. And to be I feel like you told us about this show a long believe, time ago. Yes, because I am a stan. I stand for Bong Appetit. Listen, My life goal is to be invited to that house. That ho- First of all, that house is everything. <laughs> right. It's like a nice, big And then ass the weed pantry, like you open the pantry, is all organized by types, types and, and, and grains strands and strands and, and honeys and every, any was, type of CBC versus TA. I'm like, what? Oh, it was so. So I think so I yeah. sat there and watched four to six episodes back to Did back. Did you see the back. one with the granny? The yes, Italian the granny. Italian granny. That was dope. That was dope. <laughs> that food looked ones. good as hell. Yes. And it was so simple. Like, everything yeah. was just weed butter. Yeah, she was just, she was real simple, but everything she cooked looked. Now, the, yeah, the last episode they had for this season was really weird in Japanese and Asian centric. Okay, I don't I know if you that. see that one, no. but. The last they, episode yeah. I saw was a Christmas episode. Okay, yeah. The last, the last episode for this season, she made. Gum that was flavored like dinner. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, "This is the weirdest one I've ever that seen." Don't... But the rest, they're always made. It's always so, yeah. Yeah. So there was an episode that I saw with like some retired football players. That's one of my favorite. That ones was a too, good one. Where she made the football peanut the little, butters, little football bites, mm-hmm. and those wings. Those that chicken that looked off oh, yeah. the chain. And it was all healthy because you know she was a she's a chef for yeah, she's a, like a uh, celebrity chef for athletes. Mm-hmm. She cooks for athletes and stuff and retired yeah. athletes. So now none of those was... potato skins they looked good, them. but I don't I don't like sweet potato in place of regular potato. Oh okay, I'm you not. Would, like, I'm it's not, not a, a huge, savory replacement yeah, for you. I'm not a huge fan of sweet potato fries and yeah. They, like, I feel like I can eat them, yeah, but, but it's they're not, not the same. It's not the same. It's a different. Flavor I mean, and I know it's not together. meant to be the same, right. but the the flavor profile to me is so different yeah. because it all I taste is sweet, right? It's and not, I, I don't always. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of mixing sweet and savory in the same I'll meal. I am, it it depends on what it is, right. but, but for the most that. part, I, you know. So like I could make, but I was totally make that recipe with some real potatoes. <laughs> Cause that, because what that she was putting them, them, all the toppings and mm, all the all other the stuff. Toppings. Yes. And then the Christmas episode was a whole bunch of bougie ass food. <laughs> but what stood out to me the most on the Christmas episode was they had all this decoration uh-huh, that they could smoke. That they could smoke. And so they had this big ass Christmas tree I joint. Remember that. <laughs> Listen. And I also love the fact that the the main host Abdullah, yeah. he be high as fuck all the, the time. time. He posted a smokable turkey the other day for Instagram because I follow him on Instagram. Oh, I need to find that. It is it, so it it was a joint shaped like a turkey, but it had a mouthpiece where the turkey neck would you know mm-hmm. would be. That's where you smoke. Yeah, see, and they had like a little manger, <laughs> and they were like, and you they can take the top off of the manger, manger. and there's weed in here. <laughs> like, Listen, I was getting my whole life because yeah, number yeah. one. I have never thought about the scientific breakdown, mm-hmm. and even though like the hosts be high most of the show, mm-hmm. well, I think the one, I think the other ones are a little uh, bit. Ryan be high. The girl cook don't be high. The boy that comes in, he always coming in for smoke between smoke breaks. So you notice he'll come in and be like, "I brought the CBCs," and he'll drop it in and he'll be like, "Okay, I'm going to go smoke with him." Yep. <laughs> Yep. He came right back out to go smoke. I think yep. he just come in. I think he's high. The girl cook probably isn't. 
as much. I think she waits. I think she waits till she finished cooking before yeah. she end up, you know. Yeah, because I mean, she still has to do prep work right. and all that kind of stuff. And so they had a they had an Italian episode. Not an, uh, the Italian episode with the grandma, but then they had mm-hmm. a pizza episode. I saw the pizza. The pizza yeah. episode was good. I liked that because the guy was like, I don't know if this shit gonna work. Like right. he was looking like I don't want to make no nasty pizza. Right. But from what I could tell, everything came out good. Pizzas yeah. look good to me, and I'm interested in some infused pepperoni. Yeah, right, and they're really interesting. And the artisans and stuff they get to do the stuff around the dinner is always interesting yeah. too. Like they were the guy who was blowing the pipe stuff, and then they had a guy who was doing like the the Christmas guy who did all those. That was that's like a weed artisan. Yeah. I'm so infatuated with the cannabis industry and it's the business because I just feel like it's gonna be the industry that blows up. It already is. You know, I'm just saying, as it gets more and more legal or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah. we watched another thing about that. But I was just like, it, but Bong Appetit is just so great I because so I love food. Yes. Yeah. And then, the, and so then they had like a Mexican where they made tacos. Tacos looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what took the cake for me was the first episode when I changed it to the channel. Mm-hmm. Um, they were making barbecue. Oh, the, the, it black, was the guy. black guy from the barbecue oh, place, and I've barbecue. seen him on another yes. show. And his grandmother, he said his grandmother used to smoke with a blood hanging yes. out of her mouth making the barbecue. Yeah. So they had y'all. <laughs> they like had cannabis infused in the rub. Yeah, they had that it in was the sauce. One. I can't even remember what else they made. Yeah, but they, it was, made... they made some cornbread, and then they had weed leaves on right, top, top of, of the cornbread. Corn yeah, I and then that. they had like some kind of butter that that was infused that they put on top of the it was that barbecue looked that meal looked off the I'm all the food looked good right. except for that Christmas episode cuz you know how sometimes it looks like they sacrificing the actual food for art right cuz like, it's like we get it you're a chef yeah and it just seemed like a lot doing but too much <laughs> it's still I mean I was really I, would eat I just it. always wonder like how much food do y'all have because once that shit kick in well, they're really it did, like that's the thing that's cool about it because that's why the, the guy with the grind or whatever those meals they think about the dosage and when the dosage oh, yeah. will hit it's it very and everything. Calculated. So then when you look at it, it's not the same as you eating some edible your friend made and then waking up thinking you're talking to Jesus. You know, they really thought about yeah, and measured yeah. it. So I think that's, yeah. that helps. So people don't get too high. Yeah, or eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is that the food is good. Right. You just eat. And I think that's why they do that. Because I know one, I think that was on the, where they made that dip. Mm-hmm. And they ended up putting a CBC in it because it was a dip. Right. And they were like, would they infuse the chips with the TAC, but infuse the dip with the CBC? Because that, you could, you di- might dip a lot of dip. You know, you'd right. be dipping and then you'd be high. Looking at the wall, seeing things. Seeing things, going through it. Right. So, yeah, that is my new show. I need to make sure that I catch that. Bong Appetit. That's on Viceland. That's the same channel as uh, that Jesus Romero comes on. Yes. And they have some commercials for some trippy stuff. I watch lots of Viceland. I don't know what that says about me as a person. 
probably a lot, but I don't care. But I do. I watch that show. We watch Cybersecurity. I watch Weed Weed Etiquette, which is neat because it's about the legal and the stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. like a 2020 all about weed. Come on. <laughs> Listen, that, I, I agree with you, though. That whole uh, industry, right. that whole thing is, is fascinating. It's so much. Is there so much area? There's so much area and opportunity and growth in that industry. I just hope that people of color are able to take it because weed has been used so much to hurt people of color. Exactly. So it would yeah, be exactly. nice. But, you know, I learned. I learned that the Seattle legal grow is like that. They set it up so the little people could win, not just big corporations. Okay. I thought that was cool. So, so I learned about a a black grow in Seattle, family owned, black people all growing out there, selling out there. Mm. I was like, that that's pretty dope. Like, that sounds <laughs> I mean, like no that needs intended. to be. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, we are going to move into our main topic for this week. So, we're going to be talking about intersectionality. And this is actually a topic that Mo brought, and I have a little bit of definitions for it. So, the term was coined by Kimberly Crenshaw back in 1989, so it's nothing new. As I've said on this show, and people say all the time, there's nothing new under the sun. Just because you're just not hearing about it does not make it new. Um, And it says, intersectionality is a sociological theory describing multiple threats of discrimination when an individual's identities overlap with a number of minority classes, such as race, gender, age, ethnicity, health, and other characteristics. Basically... To sum up what I just said, also, intersectionality was a lived reality before it became a term. That was something that I saw in one of the articles, mm-hmm. and I, that really stood out to me because, just like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. It may, the packaging may be new, and a lot of people get wrapped up in oh, social media. So, social mm-hmm. media is not presenting anything new. It's just a different package of shit that people have always been doing. You think people stunting and doing it for the ground? People been doing that forever. Where right. you think the term "keeping up with the Joneses" came from? Right. That's an old term. Exactly. That shit is not new. It's just now you can everybody and their mama can see it. Right. Versus keeping up with the Joneses, only the person on your street could see it. Right. Or people at the church or whatever. Exactly. So I wanted to start off with talking about personal definition. So what's your personal definition for intersectionality if it varies from the one that I read? Um, I think the one you read is is, cl- is close. I've never heard the formal definition of it, but, you know, other than my life. But, you know, <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think most people, there is some type of intersectionality in their life if they are a minority or a woman. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. You know, or 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 homosexual. Yeah. Or if you're yeah. part of the LGBT. LGBT. I mean, and there's so many. Like you said, yeah. like age. There's right. health. You know. Um, thinking right. about if you have like a mental disorder mental, or something. I think of able-bodied people a lot. I think that that's one that people don't think about. Absolutely. Handicaps and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I think I agree. The formal, I guess you want to call it, definition is pretty spot on. Um, so at what point did you realize that this was something that you needed to consider in your life? Or has it been something that's always been kind of in the back of your mind as you 
It never had. Um, I my intersectionality. When I started really dealing with that was when I went to college. I used to take lots and lots of sociology classes and Black women's studies and women's studies classes. Come on, fight the power. <laughs> so I wrote a lot of papers about what it meant to be in the quadrant of being black and both a woman, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's a struggle. Black women are always talking about that, right? <clears throat> you know, it's it's in in the idea of you know. What do you choose? You know, right? Your blackness over your your womanness mm -hmm. and your womanhood, or which is worse, racism or sexism? You know, in the idea of things of which or why is this person treating me horribly? Is it either or or both? <laughs> you know, exactly. so I think, you know, and I'm an old bird, so <laughs> since you know I was 18. I would say, since I've been an adult, I've been aware of it. Now, have I been aware of it, <clears throat> like you said, when you think about it and thinking about other things and other people and their intersectionality and that thing and thinking about that, you know, then those things are newer. But that's only because marginalized groups, you know, that happens differently as each group comes out and has a voice. And when you're marginalized, a lot of times you start off with no voice, like think about the transgender movement. Mm -hmm. They ain't new. <laughs> At all. None of this new. You know, that's been happening. There are jokes on the Golden Girls about transgender people. So what are you talking about? Yep. Is It's not new. It's just that there's a voice and they have a voice. So then you have to start thinking about what does that look like for, you know, a black transgendered person or a transgender person of, who has money and, mm. and has the ability and the wealth to properly go through channels as opposed to someone who has who isn't who's poor that's a you know those are that's a point of privilege i always think about point of privilege right right because what point of privilege like for me as a black woman it's interesting to watch black men digest sexism because they speak from a point of male privilege mm -hmm. and they don't see the similarity of how that looks to white privilege right you know, and for me, you know, and not to say that I'm better, because I could say, you know, I have a friend who has cerebral palsy. She's, you know, I speak from a point of able body privilege. I don't be thinking about curves on the street and not having a cut in for my wheelchair. Mm -hmm. But when someone tells me that, I don't go, oh, well, nobody does. You know, you're overreacting. Right. That's not or what I should speak. She's too sensitive. Yeah. So that's yeah. something that I'm, I, I get so tired of. Hearing and I know a lot of people that say that they don't mean it from a place of malicious intent, but it's so depending on how it's being presented and, and where you're saying that and feeling it, it can be so dismissive to say, right. well, everybody just being too sensitive. And I try to challenge people. We had a similar conversation on the pod panel and I was pushing back saying, is it that people are being too sensitive or is that we know better? Right. You cannot hold on to your thought processes from 10, 20, 15. Oh, out of order. <laughs> Mama D. <laughs> In that order. In that order, 10, 15, or 20. <laughs> but from all these years, like you cannot be right. having the same thought processes that you had from 1999 and 2017 and then you want to turn around and call call everyone sensitive it's like no we know better right just like all of the think pieces and things that go on on twitter when someone's like oh well martin would never fly these days right. no it wouldn't because we know better right when you and know there's better, nothing you wrong better. with saying that 
back then we didn't know better and it was funny and we can appreciate that right but now we know better right and there's no reason to hold on to that and try to lump everybody y'all being too sensitive and it's like okay because in my experience people who say that say that up until it's something that's close to them right then then if someone comes to you if a white person is coming to you saying well you being too sensitive about tamir rice right or freddie gray or Trayvon Martin. Yeah. Then you're going to be looking crazy. You're going to be ready to uppercut somebody through a goddamn ceiling. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to be able to apply that all over. Yeah, I just... This whole... Uh, marginalized Olympics, though, is Ooh. what it is, right? Because yeah. that's what intersectionality takes away to me is because, look, none of it is great. We all getting fucked over by somebody. Mm-hmm. Right, if because you, because majority that's of us are not, are rich, not white, rich white meat. males. I'm not the one percent. I'm mm-hmm. not male. I'm not. You know. I'm just. We're all at somebody. We're all getting fucked over by someone because none, most of us are not the dominant. The dominant class or the the default class in this world, it, they're shrinking. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason they acting a fool right now. They're shrinking, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think it's always. You know, it, I think it makes more sense. For you to be aware of what points of privilege you have, because mm-hmm. we all have some privilege. Like I said, even as a black woman, I'm not unprivileged. I have privilege in education. Mm-hmm. I have a privilege with, you know, my I have socioeconomic privilege. I have a privilege that I'm, like I said, able-bodied. Yeah. I'm not you taking 45. <laughs> right, exactly. I have cisgender privilege. You know, even I have, even I'm not, I'm fat, but I'm not fat like, uh, apple fat, you know, like I even have shape privilege being fat. You know, there's so many, you know. Come on, shape <laughs> privilege. That is new. Put that on a t shirt. Come on, shape privilege. Yeah, I, this is in, in the in the yeah in the body positive movement. There are girls who whose fat just be all over. Who be mad at girls who fat stacks up like an hourglass. Right. You know, because yeah, they I've said that it. fat becomes more acceptable. Mm. And it's more privileged. That's the fact that they like to put. That's the the Ashley Grams. They like to put those right. out. That's Nobody's trying to put out the Gabby, the Gabby Sidibe's pre-surgery, right? Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, we all have privilege. Right. At some point, the point is to be able to identify with your non-privilege when you're speaking to someone who's pointing out your privilege instead exactly. of dismissing it or being defensive, defensive about and, it, and going on the attack. Right. Uh, for me, I want to say I really realized it when I started to identify more with my gay identity, I guess. Mm-hmm. when I Because the, the older that I've been getting, the more I've been saying, you know what, I need to stand up in my community. I need mm-hmm. to not hide behind. Because I have a lot of privilege even within this. Like, yeah, right. I'm a part of a marginalized group, but I'm straight acting i mean depending right. on who you ask right yeah but for the most part masculine presenting right like i'm not when i walk down the street people are not looking at me like oh he got a switch he gave mm-hmm. you know what i mean for the most right. part it's it's one of those th- we can get into the nuances of that if you know what to well, look yeah, for no, type yeah thing. i know my brother is the same way though my brother presents masculine very so masculine that women are always you know who is he can i girl mm. let's just keep going i don't know because when he when he opened his mouth <laughs> Well, that's because he's it's like code switching. Ah, and that's another thing, you know, you know code switching yeah. and all of that stuff. But and that was another thing. Like, I don't want to have to do that all the time. Mm. I want to just be me, authentically, right. authentically you. Right. But then I have to realize, okay, now I'm at a new intersection because 
I've always been at the intersection, but there's a difference between being at the intersection and knowing and acknowledging that you're at that intersection. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just like, okay, I'm a black man. I have male privilege, but and I have cisgender privilege, mm-hmm. but I'm also part of the community. Right. So now I'm at this lower intersection. And I think a, one of the main things that sticks out to me when I start thinking about intersectionality is who is below me? Like, I kind of look at it like the streets in New York and you're going higher, 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 higher. So I'm thinking if you're white, male, straight, rich, you're at 125th Street. Right. And we all are just falling at lower avenues from there. So I'm always looking at who's below me. Who's on skid row. Right. (laughs) And a part of the reason why I present the show the way that I do is to try to help. Because for for sure, I know that lesbians, there's lesbian erasure in the media. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, lesbians don't have the same voice as gay men do. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I have to fight for myself because black gay men don't have the same voice as white gay men. Right. You know, that's why they have that term, white gays. Right. Because when, you, when people think LGBT and when it's presented on TV, it's usually white right or white passing or if it is a color upper middle class upper middle class you don't know how right because they be making lattes in starbucks but somehow they affording to live in manhattan Mm -hmm. by themselves exactly so i look at that and i'm like who who's behind me that i need to help prop up right that's a good way to look and i I think about my friend lyric who i had on the show she's a transgender Mm -hmm. black woman think about other transgender black women that i'm aware of because it's not just enough to say I'm at this intersection and here's my privilege. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But it's how am I using my privilege to help others? Right. Just like I expect someone who's more privileged than me to help me. Not, And I'm not saying stick their hand out and pull me up. Support. But support. Yeah. To Just like we as black people expect white people who quote unquote get it to get their counterparts right. together. It's the same thing. If I'm I'm thinking a transgender black woman is expecting that support from her brothers in the community. Yeah. Especially like as allyship to me, everyone wants to to tell people how to be an ally, but the biggest part for allyship is support. Right. It's help. how do you need my help? Mm-hmm. Cuz everybody don't do? need the same help. My manager, I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, I work with, I'm the only woman in my department. People say crazy stuff to me all the time. Inappropriate, unprofessional, all kinds of stuff. And then have no problem saying it in front of everybody, the boss or whatever. I don't react, but my manager reacts. You know, Mm -hmm. he'll say, I don't think that's appropriate. I'll take care of that offline. Or, Or people will try to, you know, it's always, you know, I have to bring... All the receipts for any decision I make. My manager will, you know, people will complain that I'm not doing this and this. And then it'll go all the way up to my CFO. And he'll be like, well, we need to bring them in because, you know, they spending all the IT money since they complaining about you and they want to shine a light. Let's bring them in. Let's talk about why we using all this money to do all these things, you know. Mm -hmm. But that is support to me because what they do, they might not cut off nobody's heads or whatever. But basically they're saying, I support her and what she's doing. She's right in what she's doing. Right. The reason she's not doing those projects for you guys because you ain't got no money to pay for them projects. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to be nice and work with y'all, but y'all don't like her. You saying she's going too slow. Well, guess what? She's not going to go at all now. Yeah. 
but that's a, that. How can you help me? That's not traditional allyship where they bust in and take them to HR right. and do all of that. Have but, their ally cave, right? But that still helps me because mm-hmm. that supports me and, and professionally. So yeah, allyship is many different flavors. I think I think that's something that we box ourselves into yeah. expecting people to ally. But a lot of people, like you said, don't think like you about who can Who's I help below me? and how can I help. Yeah. You? Because it's, you know, yeah. it's all self first. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about your thoughts on people who are, live at these intersections, but they choose to clamp to one identity maybe first or whatever. So, for example, you may be a black woman, but you say I'm black first and a woman second. Mm-hmm. Or a black gay man be like, I'm black before I'm ever gay. You mean like the 53%? Well, <laughs> lay well, welcome, welcome. We want to just talk about real life, like the fifty-three percent who decided it was way more important to be white than to be than women. support Hillary. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I, it burns you, don't it? Yeah, because that's the thing. You, you know, I think black women historically have always showed up always. to support whatever we needed to support, whoever needed to support it. I didn't care for Hillary. Yeah. I really, I, to be honest, I would have rather voted for Bernie. It, it, we were talking about the choices I had set up for me in the Democratic there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, I didn't care for him. That was more of a lesser of two evils than yeah. trying to say her and Trump was a lesser of two evils. But, you know, I went ahead when the time came and got my little purse and my voter's card and went right up there. I didn't wear no white and do none of that bullshit because fuck Susan B. Anthony and her mm. racist ass. Mm. But I supported Hillary because she is a woman and I trust in what women can do. And I want to show my support. And she has done some things to our community, but mm-hmm. not as many things as that orange nigga was going to do. And is so, doing and now is doing, but at the time there's yeah. a forecast. So I voted for her. I select. I went ahead and said, you know what, I'm gonna have solidarity and womanhood and vote for her, even though I don't care yeah. that much for. Her. Um, I look at that and I, <laughs> I understand it, and I I don't knock anybody who says that, but I think that it's a little short sighted. Yeah, because it's very easy to say well i'm black before anything else and if you think that way then the likelihood of you showing up at any of your other intersections decreases exactly because you're going to say okay here's a gay if you're a gay person here's mm-hmm. a gay issue but they're not black so i don't care right and or, that's not true and that's not true because it, it still could affect you. it can impact it will you. affect you. right that's why i say you show up to whoever needs help you know right. if i need to be out supporting black lives matter I am. If I need to be out supporting HRC, trying to get this woman to do whatever, as long as she's not done anything that just is ridiculous in the Mm. sense, you know, and sometimes there are conflicts, you know. I'm not supporting Megyn Kelly or her dumbass need to be off the stage. You know, I'm not supporting, you know, know, I'm not supporting some Tommy Lauren because she's a woman and that's her woman right or whatever. But at the same time, you know, if it's about one... If it's about someone being qualified and the only reason you're saying that they're not qualified because is because they're a woman, then I'm going to support that person because I think that's BS Indeed. all the time. And, you know, I just think that it's it's employing a 
sort of insidious erasure. Right. When you say, I'm only going to, or I, I prop up this part of my identity first. Mm-hmm. And personally, I and I, again, I talked about this on the pod panel. I try to get away from that because I don't want to be breaking down my identity whenever it's convenient right and like, it's like i don't yeah. want to do that i want to be a whole complete person i'm black and i'm gay and i'm this and i'm this right. and i'm this all at the same time not i'm black because that's it's easier or right. you know whatever for whatever reason you decide to put your blackness first and again i'm not knocking anybody right. i'm just saying that it is not as clear cut as a lot of people think it is i don't think i mean it's just it's the same way with asking somebody who's mixed are you black or white? Right. I mean, it's the same concept. They are neither. Right. They are both. They are both. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, so I'm going to, when I support something, it is from the context of being a black woman. So that means everything's all mixed up, exactly. right? And for me, if I can support the, like I said, Susan B. Anthony, I, women's suffrage, I don't, women's suffrage was not about me. No, <laughs> it was not about anybody but, that looks like me. Right. It, it was about people who had the same equipment as me. Right. <laughs> but at and the same, ultimately, <laughs> helped you me, realize that right. that's something that's going to benefit Fit you. me. But at the same time, I can see that how inherent, just racist it was. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. I think if you, because if you flip that around, I honestly feel like a lot of times that thought process, that ideology is used against us mm-hmm. because white people are like, I'm white before anything else. Yes. I am white. And exactly. how often is I'm white before anything else detrimental to us and our community exactly. and not just black. I'm talking about every minority mm-hmm. under the sun. Everyone not white or Everyone not, not white, white passing yeah. or not white passing, not mm-hmm. able-bodied, right. not having the, the right economic status right. because Quiet as it's kept, rich white people hate poor white right. people. They hate them. They think they're trash. They think they're trash. Rich white people hate everybody that's not a rich white person. Right. All right. So that's all I'm saying. Something to consider when you're breaking down your identity and you propping up one before the other. Just ask yourself, if I'm breaking it down and I'm black first before I'm a woman, how likely am I to show up for women, women's things? Right. How likely am I show up? Am I going to show up for something that is not my innocence? And you need to, because that's the to. whole point. Because that's how I feel like people say, oh, I'm black first before I'm a woman. I can't say that because what I do is I want to go to women things because they need to know that there are black women. Exactly. And I want to go. Right, it's part know, of the it, reason why this broken up that it's way. It's broken up. We're too busy being over here worried about this when you need to be over here reminding them that oh, we exist in this thread too. Right. You know, everything permeates everything. The mm. same thing. I'm not gonna, you know, let black men have a pass on saying, you know, sex is crap mm. that they've been programmed to say their whole lives without calling them out on it. Mm. It's too. We in a time right now that everybody need to be called out on their shit. Yeah, because we need to do better. Because we all need to do better. We no one's better than anybody. Better. We have trouble. You know, like you said, like when you think about black, you know, there's this this whole movement. But this movement is it t- tends to there are people who tend to still center it around black men. Yeah, that was gonna be my next point. Black cisgendered heterosexual <laughs> men. Yes. 
and that's horrible because within the black community there is violence against black gays violence against Mm. black transgenders it's ridiculous the violence against women the violence within are all the same things the microcosm that the default is talking about so we need to be attending those things too to say hey that's happening to us too this thing drips down but it's hard i guess it's hard for people to to people don't it's hard to to learn the older you get i will say that but my last point on that is for people who are blackity black and put their blackness before all i just want you to be mindful and really ask yourself and do the research of the people who think the same way as i do which are generally cis head black men are they going to be fighting for me at my intersections because right. for the most part, they aren't. straight black men don't show up for nobody. No. And I'm not trying to be divisive. It Facts are facts. It's the same way straight white men don't show up for anybody. They don't it's show up. It's just a point right. Well, straight black men show up for other straight black men. Straight white men don't show up for nobody. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. they show up for other straight black men. Sometimes. You're right. <laughs> it just depends. It just depends on... Because there's yeah. a you, anyway, we can get into the right. whole respectability of that and everything. <laughs> oh, right. That's exactly. a whole a oh, rabbit hole. It is, and I mean, I guess that's what intersectionality is. It's a rabbit hole, right? right. Because you have all these things, and you have to make these decisions based on mm-hmm. your views and your bases and your all that. I always thought it was funny because I used to work with a girl who refused to be black. <laughs> Listen, a waka flocka. She was Creole and she was refused to be black. <laughs> She's a GOP and she used to be on we used to be Facebook friends. And I never unfriend or unfollow anyone to tell you when you someone gets on my nerves enough for me to put you in the deep six of social media, you have to be yeah. doing the most. Yeah. And that's what she you know, she had decided that she was gonna be, you know, a white woman. Yeah. Man, the whole black thing, I don't know, it's so I don't know. That's a different episode. Um, so I think we touched on this a little bit, but we can expand on it if, if you have any thoughts. But I'm curious about, do you believe that understanding intersectionality as a society is that a key component to helping invisible bodies become more visible? And that's like in activism, in media, in politics, yeah, I think it's a, probably a tenant. I think that you have to discuss it and it helps people become more visible because like I said, you show up. Exactly. It's a lot easier to be, you know, that's the thing that, that you see with the feminist movement, right? I've always thought white feminists was on some, were on some <laughs> bullshit from my whole beginning of life. But when you, <laughs> when you, you know, when you think about that, it, it makes a difference. When I think about being in college classes where you were feminist thought was taught and being a black woman and you're like, oh, uh, hold on. Well, let's talk about, right. we always been in the workforce. That wasn't what brought us to feminism, you know, mm-hmm. type of deals. And I think because it's so easy to erase us if we're not there. Yeah. It's a lot harder to be not to not. It's so much easier to make those statements or a lot to call someone out on. I noticed that you got a problem with Beyonce and her and the male gaze, but you okay with you know Taylor Swift and the male guy? You know, mm. white privileged Barbie get to do everything. Right, more white privileged. <laughs> so you know, it's just I think it 
I think it's required is what I'm just saying. I yeah. think it's much easier to erase someone who's not there. Yeah, I agree. And I would honestly probably take it a step further in saying that I think a lot of people feign ignorance in order to erase. Oh, that's a good point. Um, yeah. Because it's not that difficult of a concept. Mm-hmm. Everybody, almost everyone knows someone at some type of intersection. Mm-hmm. But it's easy to say, well, I don't see color. Mm-hmm. I don't see, uh, you know, gay, straight. Everything's right. the same to me. And when you start thinking that way, it's easy to erase. Case in point, I don't have to explain it. Look at what this administration is doing from the White House. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. Look at the trying to roll back Title IX right. protections. Well, we don't need that because whatever the case may be. Right. We don't need separate protections for transgenders at work because they're not facing that issues. And it's like, it's easy to erase because you know that it's an issue. Right. But if you feign ignorance, you can do what you want. Yeah. And who's, who's challenging you? That minority right. who already doesn't have much of a voice to begin with. Exactly. So, and I honestly feel like a lot of people do that. I feel like a lot of black men do that. Oh, yeah. I, that You feign ignorance. Oh, I don't understand the plight of, of black women. Right. It's no different than black men. When you know good right. and damn and well that black men are not facing the stats of domestic violence that right. black women face. Yeah, black men aren't worried about... If they can have a delivery man drop off food at their house because they're home alone. Or take an Uber by themselves. Right, exactly. Or being out on the street with a short skirt too short so somebody can say, that's what happened, you know. Or anything. Anything, I'm just living. Black men are not worried about being labeled a gold digger because they marry a woman that has more money. That has more money. Even though a lot... Anyway, even though that. Right. Even though plenty be on people's couches. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so I just... That's something to consider. I think a lot of people do use that, and they use that ignorance as a weapon. They weaponize it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree. But I do agree that it's it's vital to help make those invisible bodies visible. Yeah. But we, at the same time, have to be cognizant and weed out the people who are doing it on purpose versus true ignorance. Yeah, because people get, and and that's, I guess, in 2017, the thing that I hate a lot of times is that people don't get a pass for being ignorant, but God, we live in, even though with social media, there's still people who are compartmentalized, there's still people who don't, who live outside of their small worlds, Mm -hmm. there's, we see it all the time, people live in these whole little microcosms, and they're truly ignorant because they haven't been exposed. Right. But, you know, like you said, there are also others who feign ignorance because it seems, you know, it's the easy Because it's out. easy. It's the thing to it's do. It's an easy out. Or they just want to be an asshole. That is willing, willfully obtuse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, but absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so how do you feel about the argument that intersectionality doesn't actually exist? So the example that I saw was saying that People feel like there's no need to overlap the experiences of discrimination. So if you're a black woman and you experience racism, then it's just racism. And if you're uh, if you experience sexism, then it's just sexism and there's no need to overlap those. How do you feel? I I think it's hard because the problem is that it could be both. And a lot of times it is both. A lot of times. So yeah, we were talking about yeah. this a little bit before we started recording, but I truly feel like, and I'm not a black woman, but this is why I'm having this conversation with you, a black mm-hmm. woman. I am here. 
<laughs> I feel like black women, they experience racism and sexism differently than other women, even mm-hmm. other women of color. And so to say that intersectionality doesn't exist and it, you don't need to overlap those, well, what if this specific brand of racism wrapped up in sexism that I'm experiencing is unique to my experience or and for women that right. look like me? Right. So how can you erase that, especially more because more than likely you don't experience it yeah i remember i had i was complaining because someone had said something crazy to me it happens all the time at work and i was just like Ugh, i just don't know you know was he being racist or was he being sexist and some black man jumped up to try to tell me well, girl you know he was being racist well that's not how it works boo boo right so he could just as well easily been telling me that because i'm a woman mm-hmm Because I've seen lots of interactions. You know, my boss is an other. I don't know what he is. I think maybe North African. I don't know. He's an other. (laughs) He's not white. And there's certain treatment he may get, but then there's certain treatment that only I get. Right. Because I can talk to a woman any old kind of way. Or I can mistrust. You know, like I I told him one day, I was like, I've never missed a deadline. I've never not delivered on anything this person needs. Yet every time. I have a suggestion or I tell him what it is. It is a struggle. But if I, but when my boss responds to the email with the same thing, I say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Or even will escalate to my boss. She just said we got to do this. Well, and then my boss will repeat the same thing I say in the email and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're both others. So to me, that tells me it's because I'm a woman. huh? Mm-hmm. But somebody else will be like, oh, no, it's because you're a minority or you're black. But right. it's, it's you don't know. Right. Culturally, uh, it's just so many things. That, and that, even in that example, it could be that the only reason your boss doesn't experience that is just because of his title. Right, because he's a director. Because right? they they will respect the title or they yeah. because they can be forced to respect right. the title. exactly. Because I've seen plenty of black people in high positions and people way below them still disrespect them. Yeah. Or just even if you're, t- yeah, it happens all the time. You know, I'm, you, you, you were in, even something as small for me, <laughs> I always was, oh, when I used to travel and consult, it always irked me, is getting in the first class line to fly. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many white men will assume, will step in front of you in line? Mm-hmm. And assume that you don't belong there, or you must be. Oh, you know this is first class. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've had that happen to me before. Now, <laughs> you know, just for the, the, for just the most right, part, yeah. I feel like you know, just because of my stature, I'm a little bit more imposing. Why? Well, no. But no, you're still a woman. That's true. You're still a woman. It doesn't you matter. You're a woman. Whereas for me, right. I'm a, we, you and yeah. I are the same height. Yeah. But I'm a man. Right. But I do have white people that try it and be and will mm-hmm. come cut in front of me and I'm like, excuse me, right? <laughs> Pardon me. <laughs> I know you saw my blip. I am fat as fuck. <laughs> I am black as fuck. I know you saw me standing here. Right. The line is behind me. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, those micro what micro microaggressions. Yeah. I feel like again, it's. The lower your intersection, the more you can relate. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to ask yourself, you get in a situation like that, and you're asking yourself, is this because I'm a woman or is it because I'm black? Right. Is it because I'm gay? 
or is it because I'm black? Right. Is it because I'm trans or is it because I'm black? Right. Then you cannot erase that intersectionality because you don't even yeah. know. Right. And it could be both. It could be both, right? Yeah. Because it's the same thing. Like I've seen, and especially in the workplace, the workplace is such a good example. I've seen in the workplace, men will talk to, they'll talk to a white woman one way and they'll talk to a black woman a completely different way. Yes. And then they'll, t- I'll see them, that same person will talk to a black man, not quite the same way they talk to a black woman, but along the same veining. Right. And Just then the, they'll talk to a, another white yeah. man a whole different way. Yeah. So I definitely don't agree with that, you know. And it's yeah. another thing, again, the, this, the dismissive attitude of, right. Always, oh no, it's not that. Or y'all just whining and complaining. Right. Let people whine and complain. Then this is their life. Exactly. You know, just and because you don't understand it or you choose not to try to understand it, that doesn't mean you can just brush off someone's life experience. Right. And it's not like anyone. I'm no one's trying to play the Olympics with woe is me. You know, no. people will say I'm trying to win. You know, who's got it worse? It's just the fact that all of those things, when they're together, it's just. It could be so. It just com- makes a, a complicated picture. Absolutely. So, you mentioned um, intersectional. Well, I, I coined it, not coined it, but I, in my notes, <laughs> I called it intersectional allyship. Mm-hmm. And we've talked on that. I feel like in every point, and that is recognizing your privilege, even at your intersection, mm-hmm. and then asking yourself. What am I doing with my privilege? Right. So for me, it's a small thing, but I try to use this show. Like I said, I use my friend Lyric for as mm-hmm. an example. That's a black trans woman. I want to have Lyric back on the show because right. I want to shine a light. I want to use my cisgendered male privilege mm-hmm. to help shine light on right. that transgender experience and the things that they deal with. Right. And just looking at the news and seeing the stories and seeing their sisters of colors being slain right at ridiculously high rates um anybody else that i can think of any i use it to to shine light on bisexuality because yeah. bisexual people get a bad rap right for no damn reason and bisexual women get almost erased no one really thinks of women as bisexual they're always like oh well, she's just trying some things Either that or they get fetishized. <laughs> or and that it's is like, same. exactly. Oh, you know, bisexual oh, she, women, gonna, that's the way. They're going to pop she gonna out. She's going to bring all My girl threesomes. got a girlfriend. Yeah, she's going to give me all right, the threesomes exactly. I've ever dreamed of. And, mm-hmm. you know, it don't matter that I only got five inches of sitting hard dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because she bisexual, she's going to have a steady train right, of bitches exactly. in my bed. And it's like, this, it, it doesn't work that that's, way. That's true. So yeah. I definitely try to use the privileges that I have to shine a little bit of light. But what yeah. were your thoughts on it? Um, I just try. I think for me, it is is about trying to use my privilege to help people, whatever way it is. Right? Is that my voice? Is that even even in dismantling things? Right? Like you know, people were talking about removing <coughs> all these statue Confederate statues, and they wish they would spend the money on curbs. You know, having sidewalks and cut-ins for wheelchairs. Right? You know, which. I'm not saying that's not a bad idea, but at the same time, your pain for that, the, the psychological pain for some people is seeing Robert E. Lee could be just as painful, right? Mm-hmm. But not dismissing that and saying, oh, well, that pain, that one wins the Olympics today. Right. But being able to say, that's a good point. Maybe we should come up with something where we could do both. Exactly. Or maybe I should 
think about that next time I'm, you know, somewhere and we're talking about that or mention that. And just also I'm big on being present in the places you're, you aren't present in the places where the default is, you know, and I used to be the president of our alumni association. People were always talking about, well, we aren't doing a lot of things as the blacks and whatever. And I would say, well, we need to be as blacks doing all the things the white people are doing, showing up to those things. Exactly. So they remember that, Hey, black people went to this school too. Mm-hmm. When they have a big, large alumni, instead of always going, having the black thing, maybe we need to, posse up as blacks and attend the white thing. Right. Just so they know, oh yeah, we're here too. So trying to, you know, make yourself more shown. And just allyship to me is asking people that you want to be an ally to what they need. Mm -hmm. We want people or love to help you and give you help that you didn't ask for that ain't helping you. (laughs) (laughs) If that ain't a word. And it's so much easier to be like, how can I help you? Help me help you. What would If I want to be your ally, what do you need from me? What can I do? Is it my voice? Is it my support? You know, do you want me to see? I, get, I got an extra $25. Like, what is it I could do to help you right. or support you? Right. How can I support you? Do you have ideas you have out there? Can I share those with someone on social media that, you know, that, you know, whatever it yeah. is, how can I help you? Exactly. I think the, the main thing to remember there is, just because you are at and or multiple intersections, it doesn't mean that you can't still be an ally. Right. I think that is a good way to wrap it up. Yeah. So this was a good conversation. It was really Oof, good. I feel, I almost feel it intellectual. Almost. I mean, but y'all I'm know I don't know shit. So. Queen of being fake intellectual. <clears throat> Come on, fake intellectual. Because I'm trash. Listen, trash, trash, trash. trash. Do not know. Do not ask. Do not know. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the show with the queer query. Question. Three questions. First up, what type of vibe do you personally want from the next Beyonce era? We know it's coming. We've seen Mama with the braids and the laptop. I know. We know Mama's working. We know I'm, she got look, Coachella coming up. I'm going to tell you like this. I don't question her. You know, did I, you know, I just, let, I'm going to let her tell me. Just like how God created this world and it has everything I need to survive as a human. And, you know, how the the birds and the bees work together to pollinate and they make fruits and we have things. And, you know, he knows mm. what I need. And I feel like she knows what we need (laughs) so i don't want to have any expectations i don't want to pray my queen into a box i know it's going to be something that we need you know people didn't know they needed lemonade oh because listen but they did because listen it was a word and it was it just was so black it just was you know it was so black it was just so woman centric black woman centric it was it was for me i didn't know how much i needed it until i saw it you know mm-hmm. it just made you feel at home so you know mm-hmm. the type of vibe a person i want you know what i want her to do i want her to give us what she thinks we need she's been out here so you know she's been out here breastfeeding Holding Listen. Siri, holding Rumi, looking at the world, taking in. Not Siri. What did I say? <laughs> oh, Lord. 
no, to my heart. No, I don't think no, I said that. But no, you thought I said Crystal, and I said maybe you. Just, I, maybe it's my. <laughs> anyway, but um, no, she just been holding the twins, feeding them, observing, mm-hmm. trying to figure out. I'm sure. I'm hoping it'll probably surround something about motherhood. Maybe who knows? But yeah. girl, whatever she does. Yeah. What are, you, um, what are you hoping for? I'm kind of along the same thought process. I just want her to continue giving us what she's been giving us, peeling back right. those emotional layers and crossing genres. And like you said, giving us what we didn't know we need, giving us what she wants us to have, more right. importantly. Yeah. Not necessarily what we need, but what she wants us to have. Right. And it just so happens that what she wants us to have is usually what we need right. and what we want. Um, and then, you know, hopefully she gives us like more, one good up tempo little dance team. You want a little dance, but a little ditty. For the most part, I say just keep doing what you've been doing because she ain't led us astray yet. She really has. Because been. with every album, we've been asking the She's same evolved. question: How is she going to top herself? Because when four came out, I was like, Oh no, Mama! Because right. this is four mm. is pretty good. And then she came out with, with self-titled, self-titled and, self-titled and I was like, oh. <laughs> blew us out the water, you know. And so then after that, it was like, Oh no, Mama! Cause she do and then she come out with and lemonade. She flipped the script and gave us lemonade. And so now, like you, I mean, even before that, but definitely now, I'm just like, I'm just going to take what you give us, right? Because it's it's she puts her foot in it, right? Know? We know, I, I feel like I trust her as an artist, right? Yeah, yeah. Her artistic vision. It's for, evolving. Right. She she is what I expect an artist to be. An artist is each day becoming their better them, right? And they're learning the things that they've learned about, you know. And that's why I've always loved her. And I love her and artists like Outkast and stuff because I want to watch an artist grow, mm-hmm. right? You want because I, the good thing about it's like you're growing in your life, right? So it I'm only not makes the same person that, that I was when I was 18, 20, 25, and she's not the same person that she was. You want to, you don't want to. She shouldn't be out here other than just in concert, but she shouldn't be out here trying to serve us. Um, you know, yeah. dangerously in love anymore because yeah. that's a whole different time of her life, you know. Yeah. What's the, you know, so yeah, I feel the same way about B Day mm-hmm. and no shade to the B Day lovers, right. but she's just not in that mental space, y'all. Y'all got to meet her where she at, right? She's a grown ass woman, she told us, she gave us a declaration and some choreography, to go right? With okay, <clears throat> we could sit here and stand for Beyonce all, all day, each time, both native Houstonians, and we're right down the street from her house. Sure. So we're going to move on so <laughs> that y'all don't get tired of us with our standing because this is not the read. <laughs> Next question. If you could have a lunch and learn with three HGTV or DIY network hosts, who would they be? Um, if I had to pick, they would be Joanna Gaines, mm-hmm. Jonathan Silverscott, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Egypt Sherrod. Come on, Egypt. I, was, I, I love, love Egypt. Egypt. Well, I was so happy when Egypt took over for that other lady. Sorry, right. lady. I don't know and probably virgin lady. Yeah. Yeah. And now I like flipping virgins, but I love Egypt. Egypt is bad. Egypt, I like Egypt. She, Egypt, Egypt is, is fine. Bad. Yeah, she is fine. It's but fine. She, she knows and she stays slaying and she stay showing these people how to work it out. Mm-hmm. Like she is all, I love like Egypt. Yes, girl. I love, and I feel like I don't get enough of her. 
I know. We don't. We, you know the people that you really, really, really yeah. love. You don't. Ever, you never get enough. Enough. Of. So my three were uh, Joanna Gaines of from Fixer Upper, yes. of course. Um, Scott McGillig. Uh, Scott McGillagree. Oh McGillig- yeah, from I know you're talking about from uh, Income Property. Income Property. I like that's him. my show. Um, and the last one would be Holmes. Oh, D Y. Yeah, um, I forget his Holmes on Holmes, Holmes on Holmes, and Holmes yeah. Inspection. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah. He scares me though. You know, I wanted John Holmes. I, you know, that's the. I'm not that's sure what his first star. name is. Let me stop. But oh. I want him to come to my house though, because I feel like now that's that's what's the that's scary the scary part. But I feel like he need to, because I feel like it's some things that might have mm-hmm. not been. You know, my house is getting old. It's ten years old. I need him Listen. to cut up and tell me if I got some stuff dripping that's been. You know, Listen, he, what they did is they didn't install this right. Took a shirt. Just so much knowledge wrapped yeah. up. You know, like he goes through them houses and be like, "This shit is fucked the fuck right. up." And they and build I'm, it all the way. Back. And I'm gonna tell you exactly how. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Ew. Yeah. Um, special honorable mention for uh, Anthony of the Kitchen Cousins, just because I think he's cute. Oh, he is cute. Mm-hmm. They know I don't get enough of them either. Uh, I, you know, like I think they, not... I think they live in their lives, right? Because so. out... I know the one got married, the clean cut one got married. Oh, okay. So and, yeah, you know, I probably had a started got the family. A family. And, but that don't stop the property brothers. We just get drug along. We building the dream house right now. Well, you know the property <laughs> brothers are on a mission. Like you can they tell, they want to take over the world. They want to take over. They want to the be world. the Beyonces of twin renovation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. They because really are. They are on a mission. They have so many fucking shows. I don't even know how they have the schedule. How they do it. Yeah, filming multiple be... series at one time, and then Drew been on Dancing with the Stars, and yeah. there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Like their agents or whoever does their scheduling probably is overworked, but well paid yeah. because I don't know how they do it, and they, they do and they flipping houses all over the country, so they constantly, and I feel like Jonathan has multiple renovations going on at right. once, and he's flying. To from one to one, you know what I mean? So, Because I, I really out. feel like what we get on the show, he probably was there for just that day. Yeah. And then he and had he to leave. To do some other you know? Thing. So, yeah. Definitely curious about that. Okay, last question. Okay. What's your favorite holiday dish? I don't know. And I've been thinking about this since you told me. And I don't know. I guess I was going to say it's probably a dressing. But then I feel like maybe it's not. Maybe it's something more dessert oriented like mm-hmm. you know only get you know i'm gonna go with that that i'm gonna go with my favorite holiday food is dressing because there, i don't ever just wake up and make dressing mm-hmm. although my boyfriend will do that sometime i decide to make a dressing or whatever but that's very rare come on boyfriend that, um but <clears throat> random dressing right random dressing but i just feel like dressing just is what ties the binds the holidays together uh i'm actually gonna do two answers so okay because i'm gonna do a savory and i'm gonna do a sweet. oh okay um so it's funny that you mentioned that about dressing because now i love dressing don't get me wrong but my mom was the type to randomly be like i want some some turkey wings and oh, dressing. Okay. And so oh, she would okay. make that any time of the year. Oh, okay. She so, wouldn't, yeah. you know, not a whole turkey. She but, would just, yeah, do just wings. Yeah, wings. Yeah. And, or, or you know, legs, legs or whatever. I like <clears> those <throat> ones with salt, though. Yes. <laughs> no. 
Um, so, but my favorite holiday dish is baked mac and cheese because it's just the holidays are the only time. Like everything else, I feel like on a holiday menu, uh-huh. we would we there's a possibility we might have had it some other time of the year, but the macaroni and cheese was only brought out during. Oh, okay. See, and I usually make during mac Christmas. And yeah. But it's kind of evolved, you know, whenever I feel like dealing with my family mm-hmm. to both Christmas and when it's not my mom, cuz mm-hmm. my mom does it. If it's just my mom, we only have gumbo. Oh, we have okay. gumbo and fried turkey and maybe a few other things for oh, Thanksgiving. Okay. But Christmas is when she would go all out and that's yeah. when we would get the baked mac and cheese. So, baked mac and cheese is definitely my favorite savory holiday dish. And my favorite sweet holiday dish is red velvet cake, <clears throat> but it's a specific red velvet cake. I don't like everybody's red velvet mm-hmm. cake. It's a specific recipe that my stepdad got from his mom, made from scratch, three oh, levels, cream icing, pecans yeah. on top. Whew. I have a red velvet, but you know, it's from the, the queen races. Um, I can't make it no more. I don't feel right. Butter Dean. Yeah. Butter yeah. Dean. It's uh but that red velvet cake was like it's the it's the kind of cake that miraculously you feel like it stays moist like an extra day or two mm-hmm. versus regular cake get dry as hell. Looking like I need to slather a little bit of coconut oil on this. <laughs> so <clears throat> those are my favorite holiday dishes. Okay. With that being said, that is going to wrap up this episode of Gay Side Stories. Uh, Mo, a humongous thank you. I am, first of all, so happy that you carved out a little bit of time out of your bad bitch schedule <laughs> to be on this little rinky-dink show. You know what I'm saying? Because you booked anyway. and busy. Bad and bougie. No. <laughs> Come on, the four Bs. Okay. <clears throat> but... Let people know where they can find you. They can find me on Twitter and Instagram under O-R-I-G underscore Glamazon for original Glamazon. Mm-hmm. And that's all where they can find me. I mean, they can find me at work, but y'all don't want to No, do they don't need to find you at work. <laughs> we got enough going on right. at work. We just talked about these intersections. They need right. to stay on a different intersection. A, right. Not the intersection where your work building is. <laughs> amen. Right. Amen, amen. All right, you guys. Remember, go to GaySideStories.com for more mm-hmm. information. Email me at GaySideStories at gmail.com. Follow and interact on social media. It's at GaySideStories on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like the Facebook page if you're over there. Make sure you guys are subscribing wherever you get your podcasts if you have not already. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Acast, TuneIn, Google Play Music, and something else that I can't think of right now. Um, If you would be so kind as to take a few minutes out of your busy schedules, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a rating and review. Leave a rating and review for the show. It helps with the visibility. Also, make sure that you guys are sharing this show with other people. That's how you get the word out. It's a small, independent podcast. I don't mind that, but I still want to just reach as many ears as possible. I feel like the com- this conversation, I feel like, was... Anyway, I don't need to gush over the conversation. You guys have heard it, so share this episode with somebody. If it's, you got somebody in your life that act like they don't know what the hell intersectionality means or how it applies to them, let them hear this episode. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. 
we know there's tons of podcasts out there, blah, 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 Oversad, blah, 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 blah. If you're listening to any podcast, if you listen to this one, I appreciate you guys. And as always, you guys, make sure that you remember the forgotten commandment. Thou shalt protect thy walls or they will crumble All the way down. like your non-cooking aunt's cornbread. All right? All the way down. We are out.